Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Puma Podcast. Goodness gracious, Zap Recover! Ah! A discussion! Fuego! Hi everyone! Today, we're time traveling to Lipa Batangas in June 1898. I'm Sabrina Dishnablewood, see? Turn of the century reporter. I'm wearing pants and taking names. And I'm Christina Grazi Tantanko, an early adopter of feminist principles and an ambitious writer. Okay, that's not really <laughs> us, but it was fun to pretend for a day. Yep, I'm Siege Tantanko, actual reporter and history nerd. And I'm Sab Schnabel, and I got too excited. I'm a historian and a comedian who loves a reason to make up a historical character, which Siege and I got to do this March in Intramuros. We witnessed a historical reenactment of one of the most important battles in the Philippine Revolution against Spain, the Siege of Lipa. We joined dozens of volunteers who were there to reenact the battle with period costumes and everything. So, of course, we dressed up, made up characters, and off we went to learn more about what it takes to recreate a historical battle. We took our producer Nina Toralba on this journey with us, so you might hear her voice in this episode. So, let's hop into our time machines and go! But first, let's learn a little more about where we're going. It's time for the Pearl of the Orientation. The year was 1898. We hear about this year a lot in Philippine history, but what was it actually like? C.S. Lewis, author of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, was born. Basketball had just been invented. Electricity was starting to show up in people's homes. And women wore corsets. Tangent. A corset is not a torture device. It's a garment very much like a bra meant to um, hold everything in place. Back then, they were custom-made and normally comfortable. It's the media that made tight lacing seem prevalent when most women wore them for everyday tasks. And bow. <laughs> There were so many newspapers and broadsheets from the time that show us what life was like at the turn of the century. Scenes from these newspapers show Escolta bustling and the Philippines as one of the fronts of the Spanish-American War. By this time, the world was connected by the telegraph and communication lines. The globalized world that we might recognize was already starting to take shape. There was even ice in the Philippines. Granted, it was a luxury item that had to be shipped here. It was still something you could find in Manila at the turn of the century. But today, we're going beyond Manila to another town that the rest of the world knew us by, Lipa, Batangas. The Siege of Lipa was one of the many battles that made up our revolution against Spain. This was the second phase of the revolution. Emilio Aguinaldo had returned from Hong Kong, and the Filipinos had taken up arms with more enthusiasm. Around this time, the Spanish were starting to struggle. 
a contingent of retreating Spaniards got stuck in Lipa, Batangas. They took refuge in the church and various other fortified buildings, but the people of Batangas expelled them. Everyone was part of the fighting, even civilians who came to the soldiers' aid. The Filipinos were so close, they could almost taste victory. Now that we know where we're going and what to expect, let's actually take a trip back. Isang mapagpalayang hapon sa inyong lahat. Welcome to the Third Guarnacion and Intramuros of Republica Pilipina Reenactment Group in partnership with Intramuros Administration and Renacimiento Manila and in collaboration with Seriaho Territorist Brigade. By May 19, 1898, Emilio Aguinaldo arrived at Cavite Puerto, present-day Cavite City, aboard the USS McCulloch and subsequently organized local forces to continue the resistance against the Spanish. After a brief skirmish with an isolated Spanish detachment, Aguinaldo first unfurled the Filipino flag at Teatro Cabiteño Cabite. The following days, he issued orders to distribute circulars to the nearby provinces of Manila, Batangas, Laguna, Bulacan, Payabas, present-day Quezon, Morong, present-day Rizal, Pampanga, Nueva Ecija, Tarlac, and Northern Luzon to commence general operations against the Spanish by May 31, 1898. In the province of Batangas, towns were liberated one by one by the Filipino revolutionaries led by General Euterio Marasigan of Calaca, Batangas. A battalion of Spanish Army Casadores led by Colonel Rodriguez Navas marches through the town of Lipa en route through the city of Matangas to join with the remaining forces of the Regimientos Indiana or native Filipino troops of the Spanish army in the defense against the revolutionaries across Batangas and Laguna. As they reach the center of town, they are greeted by a small group of Guardia Civil catching their breath. They informed Colonel Nabas that the last of their native troops in Batangas province had surrendered, with many of them deciding to join the Filipino revolutionaries in the fight against Spain. Frustrated by the report, Colonel Nabas decided to stand his ground in Lipa and face the Filipino revolutionaries. It's the beginning of the reenactment. A narrator explains a situation that the Filipino troops find themselves in. We stand in the middle of the Plaza Moriones in Intramuros. There are props strewn about. People shout and march in formation. The Filipinos, commanded by General Paciano Rizal, told the Spanish that it was senseless to continue fighting since thousands of Filipino revolutionaries, including the native regiments who have defected, had encircled the town. Spanish officer did not believe them and told the Filipino forces that they would be granted amnesty should they return to their places of mother Spain. Although the Spanish rejected surrender, they agreed to a temporary ceasefire so that Filipino troops could retrieve their dead. 
Given the strong position of the Spanish, the Filipinos then began to dig their own trenches during the night so as to not expose themselves to gunfire. Ceasefire. People come out to claim they're dead and wounded. There are women coming to tend to these fallen soldiers. We're moving from the Plaza Marianas to the barracks, and out comes the cannon as the soldiers hide among the ruins. Understanding the tenuous situation and limited supplies of the besieged Spaniards, the Filipinos opted to starve them out in a siege rather than risk more lives and continued attacks, and also to avoid wasting ammunition. Guards were stationed along the trenches to check their movements. During the course of the siege, command of the Filipino forces was passed from General Paciano Rizal to General Leocadio Laurel, and then finally to General Euterio Marasigan, who reorganized the besieging forces and brought in a cannon from Cavite, which was promptly used to bombard the Spanish-occupied convent. To further support the siege, Doña Glicéria Mariela de Villas Vicencio, the Angel of the Revolution, donated supplies such as food, clothing, and ammunition to General Marasiga. Supplies depleted and hopes of relief dwindling, Colonel Nabas decided to surrender rather than fight to the death. A Spanish soldier waved a white flag to signal their surrender to the Filipino forces. Following the siege, the residents of Lipa took to the streets and held festivities to celebrate the end of the Spanish rule in Batangas province. The siege of Lipa was an important victory for the Filipino revolutionary forces. Together with the arms taken from the surrender of the Batangas capital, the revolutionaries had acquired several thousand firearms and much ammunition from the defeated Spanish forces. This captured arms would be used in the continued liberation of towns and provinces across the Philippines. So in the end, the Filipinos come out victorious. They win more arms to fuel the fire of the revolution. So that's the battle. But who were the people who played parts in it? Surely these aren't all paid actors. Stay tuned and learn more about the people behind this event. After this break, you'll meet the ones who bring history to life. Hi, this is Leo, creator of the Colonial Department. Just like WhatsApp, this is a podcast that's all about Philippine history. It's a combo meal of untold stories from the Philippines' past, 
paired with a cinematic narrative. From a Mexican fighter pilot squad who carried out a dangerous mission in Ilocos. To a reclusive friar who wrote one of our most significant scientific texts. To the story of the bicycle in Philippine history. The Colonial Department brings to life the strangest and most unexpected tales from the Spanish, British, American, and Japanese eras of our colorful history. Just search for the Colonial Department, that's D-E-P-T, on the podcast platform of your choice. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A few minutes before the reenactment, we were able to talk to some of the people who rushed onto the battlefield to put on the show. No one actually got hurt. A lot of the performers are basically independent public historians. They do their own research and they even make their own costumes. We were so impressed by the quality of costumes and props we saw. It just goes to show the dedication of these volunteers. Like a group of middle-aged men hailing all the way from Bulacan, where they work in security and enforcement groups to support the local police. Ako po, ang hanap buhay ko. Palahero ko dati, jewelry. Tawag dito yung mga personalized name. Kung nakikita nyo sa online yung mga may pangalan na necklace. Yan po yung ginagawa ko. Pinaka-favorite namin to bonding. Iba-ibang lugar kasi kami. Kagaya nila, Manila. Meron tag Isabela. Baga nagkakaroon kami ng maraming mga kaibigan. Ako po si Leonard Halasan. Uh, 46 years old. Uh, taga Mekoayan, Bulacan. Ako po ay isang ama na rin ng uh, apat na anak. Uh, actually, yung ano namin, grupo pala namin iba-iba. Kami yung Seriaco Brigade Tiradores yung mga taga-Bulacan. Ako po yung tumatay sekretary ng Seriaco Brigadero ng Bulacan. One of these Bulacanos even had a water bottle, time period appropriate, of course, in an abaca sling. Abaca, if you will remember our Manila paper episode, is a native plant and would definitely have been around in 1898. And an inventive soldier looking to free up his hands could definitely have made a sling this way. I was blown away by this. Technically, we don't have reports of any soldiers doing this, but they could have. And by using time period appropriate materials, the actor is able to keep himself hydrated in a period appropriate way. Ano po yung role niyo sa enactment today? Mga ano kami, Sandatahanes. So, kami yung mga recruited, inyo recruit na mga 
sundalong Pilipino, mga kawal republika kung tawagin. In the Bulacan group, there was even a father-son duo doing these reenactments together. It's their bonding thing, which is the cutest. Okay, we honestly didn't know what to expect when it came to the ages of the reenactors. But we were surprised to see the variety. Gen Z made up a big part of the people involved. Um, actually, I'm Larissa Bell Amkiming. I'm 18 years old from De La Salle University. I'm grade 12. <laughs> I'm actually a cosplayer. <laughs> I started professionally doing it um, late December. But here's the twist. I cosplay with Filipinianas. I, I combine pop culture with history. When we met her, she was wearing Filipiniana and a beautiful bubblegum pink wig. She's got an Insta and everything. It's so cool. Check it out. It's Kimchi. That's Q-U-I-M-C-H-I-I. She's on Facebook and has over a thousand likes. There were people of all sorts there. It wasn't just cosplayers and history buffs. Okay. Uh, so I'm Carlos Guzman. I'm from FU Alabang. Do you have a character that you make for yourself when you're doing these, when you're reenacting? What do you imagine? Well, obviously I don't look very, you know, Filipino, so I like to think that I'm some kind of one of the mestizo, half Spanish, half Filipino soldiers who defected to the Filipino side, who saw how hard it was that the Spanish people from Europe were treating us so badly. I'm joining them, helping fight the good fight and to save other people. What do you think is your fate gonna be later? Like, what's gonna happen? To you? What's gonna happen to you in the battle? So, in the first act, I'm gonna be unfortunately perishing. <laughs> I will be dying. In the first act, I will be dying. Very exactly. I'm gonna be really going out there and making sure everyone sees I die. <laughs> but after that, I'm gonna be respawning, changing costume, and going back in. <laughs> I'm gonna respawn like a gamer. Kind of a different character, just, you know, uniform change. Yeah. The reenactors have to respond because there aren't always enough people to fill up the battalions. But newbies are welcome and encouraged. Don't worry about not having all the knowledge and costumes. That comes with experience. So let's experience it. Here's what happens on the day of. Once the reenactors arrive, they get a brief on how the battle is going to happen. They do a staging and a rehearsal. They're taught the script and what they're supposed to do. And they stay in character all day. They look the part, and they speak the part. But they were more than happy to talk to us with our 21st century recorders in their off time. Until they're deployed to the battlefield. I mean, the reenactment. Guys, getting the idea what will happen. Yes? Some of you will go back. Yes. 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 Yes.
Joshua Matipo, founder and head ng RFRG, Republika Filipina Renacment. My role will be the negotiator between the besieged Spanish forces and the revolutionary forces, uh, besieging them sa Lipa. Later on, he became the secretary of General Miguel Malvar during the Philippine-American War. And of course, there was General Eliterio Marasigan. We caught up with a man who played him as a character and... He was a professional actor. Oh, I'm, I'm Edwin Guinto. I'm from Cavite City. I'm a historical reenactor. And then, yeah, so I'm playing General Marasigan right now during the siege of Lipa City. All right, so I was the one who destroyed the Spaniards. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, crushed them all. Awesome, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Kicked them out of the Tangas. Yeah. All right. There was definitely space for women in this reenactment. We caught up with one of the Cruz Roja, or Red Cross, characters, and she was telling us more about how they are taught historically accurate medical procedures. I'm Vivian Gapido. Uh, so I'll be doing uh, Cruz Roja. So nung panahon ng uh, revolusyon, yung mga babae yung gumagawa nung paggagamot. Usually, bawa, may sugat sa ulo. So may mga, may mga technique din na ginagamit sa pagbabandage. Sa head na bandage at saka yung old school na um, arm sling. There are some rules, however. Some guidelines the reenactment teams put together to stay true to the time period. Here's Diego Magallona, a history teacher and our guide to this wonderful world of historical reenactments. We have to restrict our guys from speaking English. We're even stricter with the guys playing the Spanish. The guys who are acting as the Spanish, except for the Guardia Civil, because the Guardia Civil are mostly Filipinos, talaga. But the guys as, uh, who are playing the Spanish soldiers, we told them, you can't even speak Filipino. When you're, when you're shouting and stuff, don't. You have to, you have to like, learn some Spanish. <laughs> so they get into character, they do their own research, but how do they determine who gets which role? Yeah, is it all about looks? Diego says... It's a mix. Uh, for the past few months, actually, the, our, the past few events, I was the officer, uh, which is very tiring, <laughs> as you can see. Uh, so, for the officers, no, we have standard. You have to be familiar with the drills. You have to know how to command, right? how to make you know, those kind of decisions, fast decisions. That, okay, we have to move this way, this way. Uh, I have to maneuver, and then I have to, of course, I have to remember the commands. And I have to, no. so, so, if we have actors... We also have screenwriters. All of these people are following a script, and someone has to write that. And someone has to research it. Yeah, uh, there's Alexander Avila, who is our secretary and one of our researchers. Jim Kodia, another of our research team. And me, of course, Diego Magaliona of the RFRG research team. So we do the research and we also prepare the scripts. Here's Joshua Matito again talking about sources. Nandiyan yung kay Ronquillo. Carlos Ronquillo was Secretary of Aguinaldo. Nandiyan yung kay General Santiago Alvarez, who is uh, the Captain General of the Magdiwang Forces and the in-law of Andres Manifacio. Nandiyan si General Artemio Ricarte, yung libro niya. Nandiyan din yung mga memoirs din ni Aguinaldo. On the Spanish side, ang pinaka-ano dyan yung kay Sastron, um, um, Manuel Sastron, yung La Insurrección de Filipinas. And then, uh, from the military perspective naman, Colonel Federico Monteverde, yung sinasabi nilang uh, La Campaña Pilipinas, Division La Chana. So those are the people from whom they get their information. And how do they plan out the battles? 
Uh, sometimes may mga groups kami sa Discord saka sa ano, uh, exchanging ideas. Nagbebetting uh, process kami, ito yung nakita namin, ganito yung nakita namin. Kukumpara namin yung mga, mga data. Not just only for the Filipino sources, but also for the Spanish sources. To make it more holistic, mapakita natin yung objective papunta the vista of the revolution. And here's the best part. They have a ton in store over the next few months. Okay, because there's the 125th uh, anniversary of Philippine independence this year. And actually how we're planning the next four or five years is to align with the NHCP's commemoration of events, the commemoration of the 125th anniversary, anniversaries of all of these events from 1898 up to really 1901-1902. So up to the end of the Philippine-American War. There's going to be large commemorations about the period that we are really passionate about. So, to recap, these people make their own costumes. They find their own way to historical sites. They do all their own research and take time out of their schedules. To go back in time and live like people who lived a hundred years ago. And all of this is voluntary. They do this for the love and the community of people who care about our history. I'm yeah. Sabrina. Hi, Sabrina. Um, so we, we do a historical podcast. We wanted to see what you guys thought of the reenactment. What did you think? Well, it's amazing to see how they do it during those times. No? Um, technically, we're, we're homeschooling because our kids. So that's why we try to expose them on the history. So, yeah, so it was nice that they're, they could see it. Uh, yeah. Uh, in the face. How <laughs> could I get your names? I'm Vim. Yeah, and I'm Camille. These are our children. What's your name? What's your name? Celestine. 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 My name is Caleb. What's your My name? My name is Katriana. Katriana. <laughs> what did you think of the reenactment? What did you think? What did you think of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Families, kids, students. This is for them. Gusto rin naming makatulong doon sa ana sa mga estudyante, sa mga kabataan para maipamulat sa kanila yung uh, nakaraan natin Pilipino mga Pilipino kung paano natin natamo yung kasarinlan ng Pilipinas. We asked Carlos from FEU about his reason for taking part in this. We love history and that we want to impart to them a love for history. History is not very much appreciated in our country, so that's what we want to change. We mostly glossed over all of this in our grade school history books, so it wasn't as immersive or as great a learning experience as it is now while we're reenacting and acting as our, you know, the people from the past, possibly our ancestors. And you'll never guess how he found out about this. You'll never guess. On TikTok, actually. Then there was just a few, a handful of students and that were drilling on TikTok, and I found that interesting. They get together because they find history fascinating. This is what I love about doing public history. It's not always about academics and books and sources. We tend to think that history happened to heroes and public figures, but we forget that history happened to people, just like us. A lot of their reenactors were the same age as some of the soldiers would have been. Older, even. They were running around in chaos, and they were scared, and they did it for a cause. What was that cause that brought them all together? Freedom. 
Maganda parinig natin kaya Binibini ang uh, isa sa mga paboritong awitin ng panahon ng Himagsigang Pilipino. Ma'am, have you heard yung uh, Joselyn ng Baliwag? The story is about a woman na sukubot ng ganda, uh, talagang she's being uh, adored by us. But for the revolutionaries, that young lady represents inang bayang Pilipinas. In every conflict, in every war, Filipinos are no exemption to use music as serve as their comfort, relaxation, as well as their inspiration. Koselin ng Baliwag was one of the popular songs. Uh, I hope na this will serve as inspiration for us, that if they can do it, they can face the Spaniards, the Americans, and the Japanese, we can also do what they did before. History isn't just the stuff that scholars wrote down in books. It's also the songs and the food and the clothing. We think of it as costumes now, but the people living in those times simply thought of it as clothes. Okay, so with all this time traveling, something just occurred to me. What? You know how people are always worried about going back in time and making a small change that snowballs into a big change? Yes. If we make small changes, like getting to know our history or incorporating Filipiniana in our clothes, they could measure up to big changes down the line, like a Filipiniana renaissance or a Netflix deal. Are you manifesting a Netflix deal? Yes, but also thinking that while we believe time travelers have this power to change things, we don't realize we have the same power. We just have to make small changes in the present and hope it leads to a good future. I get it. We are time travelers moving forward. And small changes we make now might have crazy consequences. It's something to think about. When you make a small choice, remember history is happening now and it has its eyes on you. It's time for Cuento Corner, where usually we talk about a small detail or side note about the story that we loved. But today, we're having a little Cuento Corner takeover with a history buff who lives in Batangas and knows about the Siege of Lipa by heart. Siege of Lipa is one of the most interesting, significant, and yet underappreciated, virtually forgotten episodes in Philippine history. And after the Spanish surrendered, because they were under siege for 11 days, the terms of surrender included a section written by uh, the Filipinos that said that the Spaniards would be allowed to exit the convento after their surrender in military formation which means they would still have their guns, but without their bullets. In other words, they were allowed to retain their dignity and honor as military men. Imagine how, how the Philippine army was treated, or U.S. army was treated after the fall of Bataan. They were treated in a very cruel way by the Japanese army. And in the terms of surrender, which were generally followed, 
the Spanish prisoners of war were treated in a very humane way. This was a defeated army, right? And they were hated by many people. And yet the Filipino army made sure that, you know, we're going to treat these prisoners of war with respect. Hi, I'm Howie Severino, documentary filmmaker, journalist, history enthusiast, just like many of you. Catch me on the next season of the WhatsApp Araling Pandipunan Rebooted Podcast this August. Surprise! That's our gift to you, our listeners, for three awesome seasons of WhatsApp Araling Pandipunan Rebooted. Kung bitin pa kayo, you'll hear more from Howie Severino and many other surprise guests in season four of our podcast. We'll be talking about writing systems and science and beverages. And you'll have to stay tuned for the rest. I know you can't wait, and neither can we. But for now, class dismissed. Subscribe to WhatsApp Araling Palipunan Rebooted on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. And are you interested in joining the next reenactment? Do it! And then tell us all about it. Tag us on Twitter at History Rebooted, on Facebook.com slash History Rebooted, and on Instagram at History.Rebooted. Once again, I'm Siege Tantenko, Puma Podcast. I'm on social media at Siege The Day. That's C-E-E-J The Day, because I think you should seize the day. And I'm Sab Schnabel, Puma Podcast. I'm on Twitter at Sabrina Schnabel, that's S-C-H-N-A-B-E-L, rhymes with table. This episode of What's App, Raling Panlipunan Rebooted, was produced by Nina Toralba, recorded in Intramuros by Fedor Blanco, and edited by Joe Salcedo. Art by Trix Casillan. Music